Greetings, gamers. I'm Bed Ross. And I'm Shootkabow. And you're listening to Very Good Music, a VGM podcast. to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Chukapau, thank you for joining me once again. I mean, I am the co-host, so... Yeah, I guess that would make sense. Uh, And the song that you all heard playing in is actually not from a game that has been published. It is... Well, we'll probably get into that a little bit as we go through this bonus episode. You're listening to bonus episode 9, which is going to feature some of our own compositions, uh, Shukapau's and mine. Shukapau is a much more prolific composer than I am. I do have a handful of songs that I have composed that I am pretty proud of. I think they're pretty good. And I'll talk a little bit more about their composition and kind of the impetus of that. But first, Shukapau, do you want to talk a little about that track that we opened with? Yeah. Um, that was Antichron on bass. And, uh, yeah, I, I sure did compose that. And what did you compose it for? Um, I composed it for a little project that uh, RJ is working on called Aura, the Protectors of Time. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a little personal mother-themed RPG. Okay. And what type of area is Cronon Base designed to play Anti-Cronon in? Anti-Cronon Base. Anti-Chronon base, sorry. Um, they're called the Anti-Chronons because I'm pretty sure their main goal is sort of like to summon this world-ending thing called the Void, which we'll get into later. Okay. That's basically going to like destroy the world. Okay, and sounds like destroy time itself. Yeah, so kind of like Team Galactic, except they don't have plans to rebuild a new world. They just want to destroy everything. Yeah. Okay, wow. Because they're a cult. Well, there you go. Okay. Uh, well, that was really cool. Uh, reminiscent of some, some creepy Kirkhope tunes, I think. Would you, would you say you took some inspiration from that? Yeah, I take inspiration from Grant Kirkhope. Okay. Well, I think that the way that we're going to do this, each of us brought seven songs today. Chukapau 
brought the play-in track, as you just heard, and we each brought six tracks we're going to feature in blocks of three, and then I'm going to uh, be bringing the play-out track and our blooper reel music. So I will go ahead and start us off. I wasn't composing for a game that actually was going to come to fruition, but a few years ago I decided I wanted to try my hand at composing in uh, some kind of sheet music software again. When I was in college, I did some compositions for class in a program called Finale, and I looked for something similar to that. Basically, you... uh, you can write music the way that you would see it if like if you've ever been in band or choir or piano with the notes on the staff and uh, you can just pick your instruments put the notes where you want them you can add dynamics and ties and pick up notes and all kinds of little things like that and i just decided i would jump back in and The first thing I worked on is an update to a song that I actually composed back in college for a uh, the band fraternity that I was in, Kappa Kappa Psi, put on an original compositions concert, and I decided I wanted to write something for it to play on the xylophone. And so I called it My Little Rondo back then, and I didn't know a rondo from a hole in the ground. I still don't know if it would qualify as one, but I adapted it, and then I thought, you know what, I want to write some more stuff but I need some inspiration. I'm going to come up with a game like in my head, and then I'm going to compose music for some different parts of that game. And what was My Little Rondo became the title theme to this game. I'll talk about the game a little more when we come back, but the first three songs we're going to listen to are the title theme and map screen from the game Three Friends. Then we're going to listen to the Stage 2 theme, which was originally going to take place in a sewer, and then in my mind moved to an arcade. And there's a little Easter egg at the end of this second song that I'll talk about when we come back as well. Those of you who grew up around the same time as I did in the 80s and 90s might recognize this little um, uh, little ditty. And then the third song you're going to hear is called Fun Park, and it was Stage 3. And Chukapau has heard these songs before quite a few times. It's been a while, though, so I'm really interested in um, uh, hearing Shoot's response to them. But So here we go. We're going to listen to the title screen map theme, and then the arcade stage music, and then the fun park music from the fictional, well, the non-existent game, Three Friends.
Welcome back, everyone. And from the fictional game Three Friends, that was the title and map screen, the arcade stage theme, and the fun park stage theme. Uh, now, before I get into Three Friends, my vision for it, and kind of how I went about composing these things, Shukapau, what do you uh, what do you have to say about those songs? I know that you had a lot to say about them back when I first wrote them, and then um, did they? Do you think they had any impact on what you eventually did when you were composing? I don't think those particular ones did, but your um, your ending theme definitely did. <laughs> well, I think we might be getting to that a little bit later in the episode. Um, what do you think about those three songs? Those were those were very good. I liked those ones. Yeah. Do you have a favorite of um, between those three? Uh, I like the second one. The arcade stage one, yeah. the kind of darker one. Yeah, that one I like a lot. Uh, I also, the fun park one I didn't really like at first, but it really grew on me. And um, the title screen is the one, like I mentioned, that I originally composed way back in college. And when I came back to it, I added the, the B section. And it actually started out as two different songs that I kind of thought of and that I mashed those together in college when I made the xylophone arrangement, and then when I uh, came back to this, I added the harmony parts and the bass part, and when I was composing these, I originally envisioned that they would fit into an NES-style game, and so I tried to keep it to no more than four channels with um, a melody, a harmony, and then a bass, and then percussion. So, it's not... Obviously, it's not totally faithful. Uh, you couldn't really get most of those percussion sounds out of a, a a sample channel unless you were or a noise channel unless you were, you know, like Naoki Kodaka or uh, Nor um, Nobuyuki Hara. <laughs> but and I did uh, overuse the clave a little bit in the two more upbeat ones. <laughs> but I think the cowbell actually fit in really well in the arcade stage music. And also, for anybody who didn't pick it up uh, in this particular song, that last little ditty, the yeah, is definitely a turtle thing. Uh, as I mentioned, this stage was originally supposed to be a sewer stage, and at the end of it, you were going to fight a mutant turtle uh, with who has a machete. So <laughs> that um, that was going to be like the the victory sort of theme. That last part. Hey, it works for an arcade too, right? And um, as far as my approach to composition. I really just, uh, melodies sort of come to me, and I kind of keep them around in my head, and then I think about what kind of area they might uh, might work for. That's the luxury of only making this game in my head, is that I don't have to fit music to something else. I can just sort of come up with the song and then think about what it would go with. But I usually make the melody first, and then I use what I remember of my theory, the circle of fifths, inter um, you know, intervals, uh, what sounds good in harmony, and... Uh, what would make like a stable bass line and add those things in. And then the last thing I add is the percussion. So uh, for a peek into my little window, that's what it is. Now, what you're hearing underneath us talking is the original versions of those compositions. You can also hear them on my SoundCloud. And uh, I'm going to post the ones that we're actually playing today on YouTube. But the for the instrumental versions, you can visit my SoundCloud, which I'll include a link to in the show notes. I believe there's also a link on my channel. But I composed them with original with with real instruments, well, with MIDI versions of real instruments first. MIDI, if you didn't hear that clearly, and then I 
added in some uh, digital instruments or some like synth or uh, wave style instruments like you would hear on an NES, and I um, transposed them into uh, into those. So I sort of arranged my compositions for something that would sound like kind of like chiptune. So, uh, but yeah, so Shukapau, do you remember sort of the premise of the Three Friends game that I kind of was basing these on? Yeah. Why don't you talk a little about what you remember of that? Uh, it was sort of based on these, like, stories they used to tell me in Dusk. Uh-huh. About these three guys called, um... Pancake, mm-hmm, Pancake, Martin McPherson, yep. and Chief Ironbottom. Yep, that's right. And do you remember where I first heard about those characters? From Grandpa. Yep, Grandpa used to tell me um, stories that he made up at bedtime about these three characters. And they're sort of, when in Grandpa's version, they're sort of Three Stooges kind of characters. And I think in his version, the equivalents would be like Chief Ironbottom would probably be Mo. Pancake would probably be Larry, and Muffin McPherson would probably be Curly, and they just kind of got up to silly shenanigans. Um, in one story, Chief Ironbottom is telling the other two about a dream he had where he was dreaming, and he looked down, and there was this big, like, like screw or, like, turnkey where his belly button should be. And so he was confused, and so he turned the key, and he kept turning it, kept turning it, kept turning it, and then when he stood up and got out of bed, his butt fell off. <laughs> and then he woke up. And so those are the kind of stories that Grandpa would tell. I made up almost like little fables, and I don't really remember any of them now, but I probably could if I put some time into it. But I made these little fables, and these three were actually three young friends who went on these adventures together and learned stuff. I think at one point, didn't they, like, shake up two-liter soda bottles and tie them to the legs of a chair because they were going to try to send Chief Ironbottom to the moon? I think so, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so... We came up with this whole thing where there were mechanics. Chief Ironbottom, of course, could butt-stomp enemies, uh, and he was tougher than the other guys. Pancake could, like, shoot a slingshot, and he could jump higher. He was the more athletic of the three. And Muffin McPherson wasn't incredibly tough or incredibly fast, but he has a very special ability in that he loves animals. And so a lot of the wild animals that you encounter in the game, he can actually turn into, like, companions and have them fight alongside him. And it sounds really fun. If I knew anything about, like, coding and if I was a decent enough, like, animator or artist, I think that something could come of this. But anyway, that's the vision of this game that was in my head. And you'll hear a little more uh, from uh, three other tracks that I did not ever transpose into digital sounds. So they're with, you know, MIDI-style real instruments. But first, shoot, why don't we uh, get into your own compositions or the first three of your own compositions all right besides our play-in of course yeah and Um, you know what before we do um i've already talked about i just composed a little back in uh, college when i was a music student and then i just decided to try my hand at it actually after i heard so much in bgm podcasts and especially the supermarcado bros and their own compositions it's what inspired me to get back into it and I probably will again eventually someday. I like to think I've got at least a little bit of natural talent at this. But Chukapau, how did you come around to deciding that you wanted to compose stuff? And where did you where did you go to start? And how did you know to go there? Um, as much as you can remember. Let's start with why you wanted to compose. Well, I guess I just uh, this was around the time I think it was in my freshman year high school 
That sounds about right, about two years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, I was in band. I'd been doing music for three years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'd been composing stuff. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I want to do that. I'm going to make a, like, a secret boss theme for okay. three friends. And how did you, uh, how did you find composing software? Um, I just looked up composing software and clicked on flat.io. Okay. Uh, talk a little about flat.io and how that works. Um, it's sort of like this, uh, music content creating platform where you can compose stuff and then, like, release it and people can, like, see it and it's cool. And I think that probably the same as me, the reason that you decided to use notation software is because that's the language of music that you understand because yeah. you were in band. That's why we didn't start out on like a DAW, like FL Studio or something like that. Uh, we are sort of slowly starting to learn our way into that. And I think that at least in flat.io, you can export individual parts. And so hopefully, like we're hoping that we can export some of that into FL and um, start learning how to uh, turn them into real instruments. And then we'll you know get some instrument packs. But uh, anybody out there can maybe give us some tips on this or wants to uh, conference with us and give us a tutorial on how to move stuff into FL. I believe that Ryan actually did that with one of your, your compositions. He moved it into a DAW and basically HD-ified it. <laughs> but, okay, cool. And so yeah, you started out with a sort of secret boss theme for three friends, but then you started branching out into your own stuff. And now, of course, you're working on, on the game with, uh, with RJ. Yeah. What... Are you going to play for us as your block, your first block of three tracks? I think I'm going to start out with my three that I have for Aura besides Antichronon Bass. Okay. So I'm going to be playing Final Caverns, Newer York, and Last Stand and the Void.
that was Final Caverns, Newer York, and Last Stand and the Void. And this is from the uh, fan game that is still currently in development, uh, Aura. Well, it's not really a fan game, it's... Not fan game, uh, original game that is just sort of inspired by the Mother series. Yeah. And uh, so, very cool. Uh, talk a little about what types of areas these play in and uh, what sort of your approach was to like choosing instruments. Where, where do you go when you sort of want to get like a, like a sound um, for a certain stage? Do you tend to, like, compose... You know, I'm asking a bunch of questions. What, what types of stages do these play in, or areas? Um, Final Cavern is sort of like a Cave of the Past type area, I expect. Okay, so the sort Cave of, of the like Past in, in Earthbound is, like, it's the area that leads up to the final boss, yeah. Gygus, and it's got this really sort of ominous, spooky feel to it. And uh, your robots ahead. the whole time. Yes, your robots the whole time. So what type of environment is the Final Cavern in Aura? Um, I'm not really that sure yet. We haven't discussed that much, but I just, like, wanted to compose a sort of final area type theme. I get a little bit of an ice cave feel from this song. I think some of that might be the percussion that you're choosing and, like, the chimey instruments. You know, there is sort of an idea, like, maybe because the Antichronons are getting so close to releasing the Void, Everything's like getting super cold around the, like around the world, and there's yeah, like, this area is so cold that you have to have some sort of like special protection to go near it. One of the theories of of the uh, end of the universe, and I'm gonna totally butcher this because I'm <laughs> I'm not an astronomer or cosmologist, but is the idea of entropic heat death, uh, entropy is basically, in, in layman's terms, the slow deterioration of reality. And entropic heat death is when everything deteriorates to the point where there is no longer heat in the universe, and that will precede an implosion back into a new singularity that will then become a new Big Bang. So, there's uh, even some science baked into this, because if they're bringing the void, and the void's going to end the universe, then they might just be accelerating that, uh, that entropy and leading to a kind of heat death. But this was really cool. What about uh, Newer York? Where did this one come from? Which, by the way, is my favorite of these three. I like them all. Uh, it's also your newest composition, I believe. Right? Yep. It's I've really liked Newer York a lot. But what type of area is that? Um. So this is a sort of Chrono Trigger type time travel game. I'm pretty sure. So there's this one guy from the future. His name's Charlie. Mm-hmm. And he's a cyborg. Uh, I think the Antichronons, if not the Antichronons, and some or other sort of organization, is like trying to take over. So they're sort of kidnapping people and turning them into cyborgs. Mm-hmm. And Charlie was able to escape before, like, uh, it happened to him. Well. He was able to escape before, like, he got brainwashed, okay. so, yeah. So is he a cyborg? Yeah. So he was turned into a cyborg, but they haven't brainwashed him yet? Yeah. Okay. And is he from Newer York? Yeah, that's where he's from, in the future. Is it just New York in the future? Yeah, okay. I guess. <laughs> that's cool. Well, I like it. It's it's a very sort of triumphant song. I mentioned that it could, I think it could work as, like, an opening theme, but very cool. And then... 
I think I can guess what uh, Last Stand in the Void would would be. Yeah. This is the, the final battle. Yep. Yeah. The transcendering, overpowering, everlasting uh, of Aura. Well, this is uh, this is really epic. What's what is your sort of approach to composition? Trumpet. I'm not kidding. Like two thirds of my songs have trumpet in them. So picking instruments, you kind of go with with what you know, what you like from other songs, and what you're familiar with. How do you think? Do you have any idea where like your melodies come from? Um, nope. I just sort of like come up with them. Uh, I do sort of reference back to other songs a bit, like uh, the final boss theme sort of had a little bit of anti-chronon bass in it, mm-hmm. like the trombone. Yeah. So your melodies just sort of come from the ether. It's sort of like they find you, you don't find them. Yep. Uh, do you tend to compose all the parts at once, or do you like add a, ma- a main line and then you go back in and add like counter melody or harmony or whatever else have you or does it depend on the song um because like for me like i said before my melody usually comes first and then i sort of craft a sort of harmony line that in theory would sound good with it and then i listen back to it and tweak it as i need to but you don't really have that kind of theory training yet you're basically running on what you know of like what sounds good and running on instinct so do you tend to make all the parts at one time? Um, I usually sort of try to start with... Uh, I usually just start with melody, mm-hmm. and then go to percussion, okay. and then everything else. Okay, gotcha. And I, one of the first big hurdles, I think, was getting you to go back and uh, listen to your songs and revise them. Yeah, and now that's a major part of what you do. You go back to your songs a lot, listen to things, tweak things, and like the version of Antichron on bass we played in with is not the same version that we played as a blooper reel early on in this podcast. It's a it's been touched up, and I think the next big step in your development is going to be probably either through YouTube or through some classes, like learning some theory, getting some ideas about why things historically have sounded good and then also being able to sort of subvert subvert that and um, use it in service of your original sound so this is really cool do you have a favorite among these three themes uh probably newer york newer york it's so good man like really really good uh i surmise it's better than anything i've written but i guess our our listeners can can make that decision for us but I guess, uh, anything else you want to add about, like, your process or these songs or anything right now? Uh, not really. Okay. Well, then we'll go ahead and move into my next block of three tracks. As I mentioned before, these were never transposed into, uh, like, game-sounding kind of music. Uh, it is all MIDI, and these are uh, two new, two area themes, and then... What was originally going to be the boss theme of that arcade stage you heard, but now in my head is sort of a final boss theme. So you're going to listen to Sylvan Dance, which is the forest stage music. Then you're going to listen to Thunder Elemental, which was originally going to be a boss theme, and now it's sort of, I don't know, in my mind it's like a dark, stormy uh, stage with lots of like danger going on and lightning and stuff like that. And then you're going to hear the final boss theme, which is really short and 
has almost kind of a Devo sound to it, for those of you who know what that is. Uh, and it, it, it does sound more, more digital, more synthy, more electronic. So uh, once again, Sylvan Dance, Thunder Elemental, and Final Boss.
That was Sylvan Dance, Thunder Elemental, and Final Boss. And these are really three of my favorites. Uh, Thunder Elemental, I really need to go back to at some point and sort of clean up and flesh out a little bit more. But it's just so fun. Like, I don't know where that that melody that came from. Uh, they're definitely, I think, now that I know it more, there's a lot of Undertale in that. So I may have been influenced by like some Bone Trousel and some Megalovania or something. But um, uh, that one, there's a lot. There are a lot of good ideas in there that I think need to be fleshed out. That arcade boss theme is just. <laughs> it, it's intense. It's it's cool. It sounds really cool. I think. But Sylvan Dance is probably my favorite of my own compositions. I feel like it's really sophisticated. Uh, in very loose terms, it's kind of a fugue, which is uh, Bach was famous for these. I think he may have originated the, um, the, the structure. But in a fugue, you basically have an instrument that plays a part and then it goes on to a B part, and another instrument plays the A part, and then that one goes on, and it just sort of goes in this cycle. Well, in this one, I wanted to go with what I thought would sound like traditional sort of Celtic or Gaelic instruments, and something that they would have had back in uh, back in old times, before a lot of newer, invent newer uh, instruments were invented. So you've got tambourine and skin drum for the percussion, and then your three lead voices are a, a lute, a fiddle and a flute and so a plucked instrument a, a um a bowed instrument and then a woodwind and they basically they each get a chance to shine uh, of course it comes in just sparse with the strum and it sort of just sort of leads into it and, then, and at the end i bring them all together to each play one of their one of their rounds at the same time and i, I was really really proud of this one i like it a lot but what do you think of these three tracks Yes, those are also very good. <laughs> well, it's a good thing we're playing very good music on our very good music podcast. So yep. <laughs> we uh, we don't pretend to be on the same level as these giants like Yuzo Koshiro and Grant Kirkhope and Yoko Shimomura because we just don't have the experience. But um, but I think we've got some raw talent going on here. Do you have a favorite among these three? Uh, probably Sylvan Dance. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's the most complete of. Um, of these three especially and yeah definitely definitely I my favorite of my own compositions once again all three of these could technically be translated I think into something with a uh, with only five parts like an NES soundtrack and I, I do think eventually I would like to do something like that if I ever come across anybody who actually wants to make my game then maybe I can brush these up tragically Muse score was um, not it was something I had to wipe from my old laptop just to make room for other things like regular updates because it was just it was not a good computer. Uh, I have a much better one now thanks to Prof Jeff, our benefactor, <laughs> um, and so I, I may be able at some point to put these back into some kind of notation software. I don't know how feasible it would be to get them into a DAW and, and separate the parts. Uh, I feel like it would take some doing. I could always, I guess, reconstruct it by ear, um, but the pro the prospect of doing that is one of the things that's kept me from going back to it. So, uh, but still, um, even if I don't ever make anything else, I'm I'm pretty proud of these these seven or eight tracks that y'all are going to hear from me today. And uh, 
we would love to hear from y'all as well about these things. We'll talk a little more about that when we're done, but for now, I think it's time to move into your next three tracks, Shukapal. All right. I guess these are actually going to be the last three of your seven for the episode, so what are you going to give us? Um, I'm going to play Circuit Man Stage, Trainer Battle, and Swamp Man Stage. All right. Well, we'll talk about those when we get back. I'm excited to do that. Uh, Circuit Man, Trainer Battle, and Swamp Man. Let's get into it. Thank you. 
that was Circuit Man, Trainer Battle, and Swamp Man. <laughs> all right. Those were all really cool, um, really high-energy tracks. And those names, or that the naming conventions, may sound a little bit familiar to some of our listeners. Why don't you go ahead and talk a little about... Uh, let's go with the... Um, this circuit man first what is this project that you're working on and then how did you approach the composition of circuit man's theme um yeah so i just basically decided to compose Mega Man music uh, do you want to say what the eight um robot masters are that you're composing for or do you want to wait until they come out and people can find out um, well, so far I have Midnight Man, Swamp Man, and Circuit Man. Okay. And I haven't really decided much on the other two. I know another one that you threw out there was Paper Man. Oh, yeah, Paper Man. Yep. And I feel like there Mail was a... Mailman. What? Mailman. Mailman. Yep. Well, we have Fireman. <laughs> we don't have Policeman. I could do that. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a... There's some uh, different things you could do there, and uh, we've talked about some other stuff. I don't remember. I don't think there's a smoke man. That's one you could do. How did you come up with uh, sort of the musical ideas that you used for Circuit Man stage? Um, I sort of just decided to base it around like one melody, the like do 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 do. Mm -hmm. Um, because of, you know, the circuit, it's supposed to be sort of like a circuit. It follows like a pattern and it, it keeps. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Do you feel like there's something sort of technological sounding about this track or the instruments you picked? I guess the electric guitar. Okay. Yeah. All right. That works. And then, uh. We can go ahead and talk about Swamp Man, since we're already on the, on this topic. How did you approach Swamp Man's theme? I gave it a bunch of, like, low instruments, like trombone and very sax. Cool. Which also feature in, uh, in things like jazz and swing, which originated in the, uh, the Mississippi Delta area of the United States, which, uh, states, which is part of the southeastern swamp region. So, <laughs> maybe some... I don't know if you knew that, or maybe if it's inadvertent, but uh, you had seen The Princess and the Frog, so you know that uh, <laughs> they have that style of music there. Um, how else, uh, what about the musical like idea? Do you, do you feel like it's particularly swampy, and if so, then in what way? Um, I guess I just composed it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Now talk about this uh, this trainer battle theme. Um, yeah, so I just decided to compose Pokemon music. All right. Well, that's really cool. That's something that, um, I've already mentioned the Super Mercado Bros, but that's something that, that they do. Uh, they have, um, at least one Mega Man soundtrack. They have released two of a three-part album series with music that is inspired by The Legend of Zelda. Uh, they have um, a Mario-style one, a Kirby-style one, and Carl specifically has released several albums of Sonic-esque music, which are basically Genesis-style new compositions for Sonic stages. Uh, he actually recently announced that he is going to be releasing the fifth of these soon. So any fans of those kind of like 
like homage uh, types of music. Uh, definitely look out for that. And you know what? That's an idea for a future episode is original music that's in the style of classic game music. I think that'd be pretty cool. But yeah, this was this was really cool. And we do have, uh, like I said, a couple more tracks, our play out and then our blooper reel. Uh, apologies to Skeletroy, our theme song guy, uh, who really has been pulling out all the stops lately, helped us out immensely in our Doom episode. I forgot to mention that in the actual audio of that episode, but Skeletroy actually arranged the, um, the intro and the uh, outro for that, which are the two different versions of the theme song which he originally composed, and he made those arrangements sound sort of doomy was the word I, I used for <laughs> when I described it to him. But I wanted all of the music on this particular episode to be ours, and so the play out, I'll talk about a little bit more in a minute, but first... If you want to listen to this music, I will be posting these 14 tracks, I guess 15 with the blooper reel, on YouTube. I'm going to make videos for them, and you'll get to go and hear them. We really would appreciate comments, uh, any anything you have to say about them, anything you like, anything you feel could be improved. Uh, we are both still honing our craft here. Uh, you can also find this music, uh, where, Chukapal? Can they find yours? On flat.io. And I actually have it up because I have been downloading your tracks as you give them to me, so I can add them to the uh, to the audio here. You have 181 scores on yep. flat.io. Now, some of those are arrangements of existing music, but a lot of them, most of them, are your original compositions, I would say. Mm -hmm. And there, there are a lot there. Uh, definitely go check that stuff out. We talk about it at the end of every episode, but uh, if you haven't checked that before, Hopefully this episode will, will give you the impetus to go and hear a little bit more of what Shoot has, um, Shoot has done. Uh, I really only have these songs. There are a couple of other ones on my SoundCloud. There is a, a water area theme I made for three friends that just... It's even more sort of primitive than like Thunder Elemental, and so I just didn't feel like featuring it. And there's a vocal track that I wrote for my wife, Shukapau's mom, called Home on my SoundCloud. That uh, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, you can you can listen to that. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes. And um, we definitely we always love interacting with all of you. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at VGM Pod and at Shukapau. You can find us on Discord. Link is in the show notes. And of course, you can continue downloading and listening to the podcast. Uh, in Spotify or your favorite podcatcher of choice. As a reminder, we're going to be taking a week off next week, uh, the um, the weekend after Thanksgiving. So uh, to those of you who are in the States and celebrate it, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, to those of you who are out of the States, um, we are grateful for you. And it never hurts to take a little time to um, think about what you're grateful for as well. And... We have, after that, we're going to be doing our Shogo Sakai episode, followed by our episode with Prof. Jeff about Grant Kirkhope. Then we will be featuring our special guest, who we'll be recording with in one week from today, the day that this actually, one week from when we're recording this now, but the day that you hear this, that night, we will be recording with our special guest, and uh, you'll probably uh, hear about it in the Shogo Sakai episode. And... Then uh, after that, we I believe we just have the Koji Kondo Winter Tracks episode and then our top 10 of the year. So, well, top 20, year 10 and my 10. Yeah. But before I get into our uh, our closeouts, uh, Shukabout, is there uh, anything else you've got to add? Um... No. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, I've enjoyed 
uh, sort of going back and listening to some of my old stuff and really enjoyed hearing your stuff as well uh, and getting a chance to really talk to you about it. I'm really excited to see where you go from here. I think that you have a lot of potential and a lot of talent um, and uh, we'll, we'll probably be featuring more of your stuff on the show one of these days. And who knows, maybe some of your stuff will get played on another VGM podcast someday. Maybe. <laughs> That'd be cool. All right. Well, our playout track, the name of this track is All Is Well. And this is the credits music that I composed for Three Friends. It's not as sophisticated as uh, Sylvan Dance, but it is, I think, really nice. It's got some cool harmony in it. It's based on a couple of woodwinds, I think, maybe three woodwinds. Um and I don't like how the MIDI sounds in part of this. MIDI does not do sustain very well because you can't really do dynamic control and vibrato in these uh, the software that we're using. And so the end especially is supposed to sound um, you know big and sweeping and it really just sounds kind of uh, tinny and not great. So I do apologize for that, but hopefully you can listen past that to just the composition itself because I do feel like it's a it's a nice pretty sort of closeout track. Uh, it is a little bit on the longer side. Uh, it's actually three minutes long, and so you'll have the three minutes, and then after that, you will hear our blooper reel. The underscore of that will be the bonus stage music that I created for Three Friends, and it really is. It's it's a lot of fun. There's not much to it at all, but I like it a lot. I get to use a Vibra Slap in it, and uh, never got to use a Vibra Slap in the uh, composition before. Haven't heard it very much, and when I actually, when I played this for my dad, who... Uh, just kind of listened and smiled and nodded at the other songs because he's not really into into this style of, of music. When I played it for him, he laughed out loud. So hopefully y'all like it too. But before we close out with uh, All Is Well, since Jukapau, you don't have anything else to add, then I guess all that's left to say is until next time, play very good games, be very good people, and keep listening to Very Good Music. music.
<laughs> that was a pleasant sound. <laughs> we needed a little bit of blooper real material anyway, I guess. 